Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet and I'm here in the studio with the late Patty Fink who was early today uh, and uh, uh, the on time Leslie McMurray and the not here Laurent Landis. How's that? And I didn't even have to look at my notes for your names. Wow. Wow. He did have to look for, for his. You know, yeah. he writes his own name down. This <laughs> is David Taffet. <laughs> well, how else am I supposed to know that I'm here? Well, it, it seems to work for you all these years, well, these many decades. So I know, we'll I know, it. I know. And I'm looking for something on my phone, and of course I can't find it now. Well, welcome, Leslie. That's uh, show prep. Boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, David reads his phone yeah. <laughs> in a 40-point font. Yeah. Um, Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Not, I'm thanking you for filling in while I'm going to... <laughs> all right. Well... You know, yesterday was Transgender Day of Remembrance it all is. over the world. Yeah, um, and the stats this year of murdered transgender mm-hmm. and non-conforming gender non-conforming individuals is just staggering. Yeah, um, it is. It's heartbreaking. It, it makes me physically sick. Okay, uh, I found it. Yay! Is it relevant? <laughs> <laughs> As we're in the middle of discussing... Uh, 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 of course it's relevant. President Biden made a statement about Transgender Day of Remembrance that I thought would be great to start with. And I've been walking around with it on my phone like this so that I wouldn't lose it until, of course, I lost it. This year, at least 46 transgender individuals in this country and hundreds more around the world were killed in horrifying acts of violence. Each of these lives was precious. Each of them deserved freedom justice and joy today on transgender day of remembrance we mourn those who we lost in the deadliest year on record for transgender americans as well as the countless other transgender people disproportionately black and brown transgender women and girls who face brutal violence discrimination and harassment and he urged lawmakers to pass the long stalled equality act um Oh, one out of two isn't bad. They're saying 46 last night at Transgender Day of Remembrance. We oh, actually... 48? 52 names we had. Oh, okay. Uh, it could be from the date that we were counting them from, because we were counting from beginning of November last year. Mm-hmm. So that might have added uh, yeah, that a few more. a couple of repeats. Um, they go to the 20th to the 20th, but yeah. I mean, any way you look at it, it's a lot of people. Uh, it's sad that it's reduced to numbers uh or hey it's another new record uh it makes it sound like you know the, a like challenge. it's a good thing yeah like it's a challenge let's see if we can beat it again next year it, it just goes up every year it's getting worse not better and the ones we don't know about i have no idea how many that would be because oftentimes they're misgendered by police or by parents because the parents are worried about uh, if their parents are even around, uh, what does this say about me? It doesn't say anything about you. It has nothing to do with you. Um, well, that number that we don't know, part of that number could be police not misgendering. Uh, yeah. And we just had no indication this person was transgender. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know. I mean, I just think that the number is a lot higher than... 48 or 52 or Mm -hmm. whatever it ends up being but it's tragic nonetheless and i think that really what's needed is education so that people don't want to murder us because you don't murder things that you value i mean it's pure and simple if you value and love something or respect something you don't murder it 
you only kill that which you think is disposable. And another connected part of this, and they need to own it, is our Texas legislature with the bills that they put out in this session about transgender athletes and about transgender medicine for kids devalued trans people yet again and said we're less than and we don't deserve the same as and we're conditionally who we are. And coincidentally, calls to the Trevor hotline went up 150% during that time that the legislature was in session. And so there is an effect. The kids are hearing this message that they don't deserve medical care or that they can't experience um, sports or participation fully in their school activities. It's pretty damaging when you say to a kid, we respect you as feminine, you're female, in school, in your home life, in interactions, but when you step on that soccer field, Missy, you're a guy. How do you do that? How do you tell that to a kid? It's... it's, uh, it blows me away that we're at this state in 2021. Yeah. And what's really sickening to me and sends such a not even subtle message is that the Texas Department of Health and Human Services has been ordered by the governor of this state to discontinue a suicide hotline dedicated to LGBTQ Yeah, it's kind of a slap And removed all like, references no, on the state you. website. Yeah. We want you to commit suicide. So we're taking away this resource Mm -hmm. for you to try to stop, that would maybe stop you from doing so. We want that resource to go away so that you will go ahead and kill yourself. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the rationale, but it's definitely saying that we don't want to condone uh, the idea that people can be transgender, and so we're not going to put that resource up on our website because we don't believe in them, and whether you believe in us or not, we still exist. There, I looked it up. There's 826,000 kids uh, that play high school sports in the state of Texas. 826,000. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that can name five that are transgender. Right. It's just not a problem. Even the person that wrote the bill said it's not a problem. But we need to, to plan for the future because it might become one. So I thought, what a great idea. Let's write bills for the future. Like, who pulls over a speeding flying car? Is that the FAA or would that be DPS? And who gets the revenue from the ticket? Right. <laughs> so let's figure all that stuff out now, just in case flying cars become a thing somewhere in the future. Texas is going to be ahead of the game. What a bunch of idiots. Why don't we go ahead and deal with Y6K? Yeah. You know? Because trans kids <laughs> just aren't an issue. There is no advantage. There's no doctor that's telling you that it is an advantage. The International Olympic Committee has allowed it for the last 16 Olympic Games. Uh, of course, the ruling that they just came up with this year is absolutely ridiculous, but what was that a problem? Uh, they are changing the rationale. They're saying that because uh, what they were using is 10 nanograms per liter of testosterone. That was the threshold. Mine is three for any edification. So that can be easily managed in trans women. And for somebody who has had a blood level, an estrogen or a, a testosterone blood level below 10 for over a year, it's going to change a few things. Uh, I don't think anybody transitions in order to compete in any athletic event. I just right. don't think, it just doesn't make sense to do that, and it's not happening. Uh, but the new ruling has to do with 
each jurisdiction. So every, like for instance, um, Belarus, which absolutely cannot stand and wants to kill off trans people, can say we just don't want them competing. And so we're going to set the bar here where it's impossible for them. Uh, so each country can decide what theirs is. That's, that is insane. That's not yeah. a standard. No, it's not a standard. It's a variable standard depending on where you are. And for kids who are competing, if they're on hormone blockers, wouldn't that actually put them at a disadvantage? I don't know if it put them at a disadvantage. I mean, kids typically on hormone blockers, unless they were like uh, Olympic gymnasts, for instance, um, might be at a disadvantage because they're not receiving any hormones. Uh, and so it would long-term uh, time on hormone blockers would cause some bone density issues. Mm-hmm. So they might be more prone to bone breakage and things like that. So it's certainly I, not I was an thinking, advantage. I was thinking more as a matter of strength. Uh, somebody who had normal male testosterone and then that's being blocked, uh-huh. would that put them at a strength advantage over a period of time? You mean a disadvantage? A, a strength disadvantage, yeah. Uh, over somebody who has testosterone, yeah. And a woman normally would have some testosterone. Some, yeah. Yeah. So if anything, it seems a trans kid would be at a disadvantage. Right, but see, now you're talking medicine and logic, and they don't want to do that. And science. Yeah, science. Science. Oh, I'm using science. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I wasn't remembering our rule here in Texas. Yeah. Forget science. Science is bad. Also, so is sex education, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to do that. Well, yeah. the whole setup from the from the GOP, especially in Texas, and the right-wing, so-called conservative wing, is that don't have sex, and if you do, there's no recourse for you if you become pregnant. The guy gets off fine, literally. Unless he gets and, pregnant. And then um, there's there's no recourse for you. You must carry the baby to term. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you unless do, it's a man who gets pregnant. If you do yeah. carry the, the baby to term, there will be no resources for you when you get there, when yeah, the baby men, arrives. If men could get pregnant, uh, abortion clinics would be like Starbucks. They'd yeah. Be like drive through They'd be on every corner. Yeah. Bet, Betty White said that, too, with Jiffy yeah. Lube. But it'd be, you could get one at Jiffy Lube. Yeah, 10 minutes in and out. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, the hypocrisy is thick. Okay, so let's stay on the sports part of it first. Do we know what this bill actually will do once it comes into effect in January? Mm -hmm. um, And how will it be enforced? Uh, The enforcement part of it is going to be kind of interesting. But uh, the difference is the UIL uh, says currently that you will compete under what it says on your birth certificate. Uh, this new bill says you will compete under what it says on your birth certificate at or near birth. Uh, and, and the change, the functional change is it's possible in the state of Texas, as we all know, to ch- get your name and gender marker changed on a birth certificate through vital statistics. It hasn't been for a long time, but for the last few years, it's been possible to do that. And so if you seal the old and all you have available is that one, I don't know how they tell. So enforcing it is going to be, this is how it's going to work. A parent is going to look at a kid on an opposing team and say, they look a little butch for my liking, so I I want to have a genital check on them. 
And it's going to be invasive. It's going to be rude. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be horrific for the kids. But there's no other way to... I mean, the parent is within their rights to demand a, a genital check. And, and what if the child's intersex? Who knows? They don't, they don't even accept the reality that there are intersex people. Yeah. Because 1% of babies are born intersex. Yeah, it's about as common as people with red hair. Yeah. It's... I, I, I don't understand it at all. And on the flip side of this, we've had our first U.S. passport issued with gender as X. Mm-hmm. So will there come a time when we have a, 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 a baby born with gender assignment as X? And yeah. then what are they going to do? Or uh, what about the full faith and credit argument that if a child in California, where you can easily change your birth certificate, brings that to Texas, family, you know, a lot of people move them from California. And they want them to. Yeah, my kid wants to compete, and here's the female birth certificate. What are they going to do? They're going to do the... Pants the, dance. The pants dance, yes. Mm-hmm. That's it's an interesting name for it because yeah. it's it's so invasive. And what we've come to as, as a result of all of these legislative sessions in the last 12 months um, is that anyone off the street can really dictate for you, for women in this state, including trans women, trans girls, whatever the hell they want to with your body. They can demand that you have a genital exam. Or that you carry a child. Or that you carry a child, exactly. Um, and it's it's disgusting to me. Now, a story really was told disgusting. to me by um, somebody in Austin that a coach in Austin is already in the middle of parents accusing one of the kids on the team of being transgender. Yeah. Uh, because, and he has no idea if this kid is transgender, nor does he care. Um, but he thinks it's more because this little girl is kind of a tomboy. Yeah. Well, when the whole bill came down the first time, it was designed, or at least it was titled, you know they title these bills with these most ridiculous titles. Mm-hmm. And this bill was to, uh, the stated goal was to protect women's sports. Like they were going to protect women's so, bathrooms. So um, what, when somebody says, we want to protect X, my first question, I think logically, is what's threatening X? So what's threatening women's sports? So I'm thinking, that's great. The state government of Texas is going to protect women's sports, which means they're going to prevent things that happen to like our U.S. gymnastics girls team where they're molested by coaches or doctors uh, or team officials, and it's overlooked by the governing organization. They're going to do something to really put a stop to that to protect these kids from being sexually assaulted. Since that was in Texas that that happened. Yeah, no, and in Michigan, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not what they're doing. Well, let's see. How about pay equity? Because the U.S. women's national team makes less than half of what the men's team does, and the women's team wins World Cups. The men's team can't even make the, the final group. So maybe that's what they're doing. They're mandating pay equity. Or, no, that's not what they're doing. Or maybe they're going to spend the same millions upon millions upon millions of dollars on women's sports that they do to build a freaking stadium. You mean like Title IX says they're supposed to? Yes, exactly, for for boys' sports. Or they could look into why uh, female athletes have a two to eight times greater incidence of ACL injuries. Maybe they're going to investigate and take some money and investigate that. No, none of those things. Those are the things that are threatening female athletics. Mm -hmm. What they're going to do is keep trans girls from playing volleyball. All four or five of them statewide. 
right. out of 826,000 high school athletes. Well, really. thank you for saving us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so distorted and perverted. I, I don't even know. I don't even have words for what, what is going on now because it's so, um, um, it's it's a it's another form of vigilantism to yeah. me because they, anybody can come after a kid in high school or junior high or elementary school for Pete's sake. Yeah, I don't you think I mean? kids feel too protected by this bill that's supposed to protect them. Exactly. So let's say let's say you're a kid on the team, Leslie, yeah. mm-hmm. and you turn out to be the star on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, you were born a little girl and. You just happen to be good at whatever the sport is that you're participating in. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to start becoming afraid that the parents on the other team, you know, your big rival, are going to come after you and say, Ooh, that Leslie, she's transgender. You oh, need I to am. check. I know for the sake of your story. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know what's in other people's heads or what they would fear, but I think any of that's sort of possible. I, I really don't think there's that many transgender athletes involved in sports uh, at the high school level simply because there aren't that many athletes and most of them are just trying to survive the day. And not not that many kids come out that young. Yeah. More and more, more and more coming out as kids like the uh, uh, superintendent of Fort Worth schools said when the whole bathroom bill uh, came out. He said, you know, you're just not going to have that many transgender kids in your school. You might have one. Work it out. Yeah. Well, it's just using fear, and it's the bathroom bill is all about fear. This is all about fear. Uh, a lot of what they do is um, based on this imaginary fear, the monster under the bed. And I'm fond of saying, you know, the, the best way to get rid of that monster is to look under the bed, shine a little light on it, and you realize it's a little teddy bear that got left under there, and there's not a monster. You know, sleep well. You're all set. Uh, and that's what we need to do is shine a light on their BS and to say what you're doing is you're lying to people. You're putting out these bills that don't do anything, that don't accomplish anything, when there's so many things that really need accomplishing in the state of Texas, things like our electric grid that as we head into winter, we're, we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed. The people I've talked to, I, don't, I haven't run into a single person. I go for walks with women in Capel. We you know, kind of meet and talk and whatever. And the talk isn't about transgender athletes. The talk is, do you think our grid will hold this year? And hundreds of people won't die. Yeah. Hundreds. Or houses get ruined by frozen pipes, and then when it thaws. So, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. We need to take a break. I'm talking today, and Patty and I are talking today to that monster under our bed. That's me. Leslie McMurray. Yeah. What is your title at Resource Center? Um, Rabble Rouser. Rabble Rouser at Resource Center. Yeah, educator. Yeah, I just had my fourth lecture at Slippery Rock University. Well, we'll talk about being lectured at Slippery Rock University. Cheers. Right after our break. Jennifer Maddox with Jonathan's Place, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with um, Patty Fink, and our guest is rabble rouser Leslie McMurray. Hi, how are you? <laughs> We're talking about Transgender Day of Remembrance and um, uh, other trans issues. Uh, Senate Bill 25, which passed, which will affect very few people, but 
it took three special sessions to get that through because it was so important. You know, it's really another aspect of all of this crap um, that that bugs me is um, they they do it under the the veneer of protecting women and girls, but they don't seem to care about boys and men. They didn't in the bathroom bill either. Exactly. Uh, they were saying we have to protect our girls. It's like uh, I was asking Scott Sanford, who is the uh, executive pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church and also a representative from Collin County. And uh, I said, so you don't care about your sons because, you know, trans guys can go in there. And so he was saying, well, you know, we're just worried that if, if we don't pass something like this, that men will dress up as women and go into the women's room. And I said, that's a crazy notion because it hasn't been happen hasn't been happening. And it's because you don't have to. You can just dress up as a janitor. And uh, he said, well, you know, I just think it's, you know, prudent to keep, you know, do whatever efforts are necessary to keep our women and children safe, not just in bathrooms, but in like our school campuses. And I said, oh, you mean like Baylor, like you did there where 51 (laughs) women were assaulted by your football team and was covered up by your university president and your football coach? You mean like that kind of protecting girls? So, yeah, we're not the problem here. Exactly. It wasn't a bunch of transgender women that assaulted those students at Baylor. Yes, thank you, thank you. So, that, I mean, I was as a Baylor Bear. This is a near and dear yeah. topic to my heart because it's it's been such BS. Yeah. So again, look at the threat. Look what's harming women. If you really want to protect them, let's you know take some steps necessary to do that. But don't don't lie to people and say this is the goal that we're working on, and all we need to do is to keep transgender people from participating in polite society. We're not the problem here. And if we are, if we do something wrong, then by all means punish us. But too often, it's I sit and watch a trial for the guy who murdered Chanel Lindsay, who was strangled with a belt and thrown in a lake. That's not what she deserved. He was trying to say self-defense. Okay, that was an interesting trial. It was. Because over a three-day period of the trial, the defense changed its defense three times. Yeah. First, it was... uh, not guilty? Well, no. First, it, yeah, first it was not guilty because just because their cell phones are pinging off the same tower at the same time doesn't mean that necessarily uh, which is true they're, they're together. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. They're in the same vicinity, but not together. Then on the stand, when he admitted that he did that, that was his belt that was found around her neck in the when they found her body in the lake, uh, he, and he admitted he did it. Well, then it became self defense. Yeah. Uh, or actually trans panic is, yeah. is what they attempted. Yeah. Then it ended up as self-defense when the trans panic thing just wasn't quite yeah. working for them since they had known each other already. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, this was not just a blind hookup. They already knew each other. Yeah, they'd been communicating for like a month or two or whatever I, it was. I mean, that was... Yeah. So what was the ultimate verdict? Guilty. Guilty, awesome. 37 years in prison. Yeah. Excellent. Hope he does all of them. Yes, every but one of it's, them. It's not, I'm just not seeing a lot of trials of transgender women that are going around marauding and hurting people. I just, too often we're the victims. And in a bathroom situation, the transgender person is much, much, much more likely to be the victim than somebody who's causing a problem in there. Because, you know, we have another uh, trial coming up. They've been better at delaying tactics than the Chanel Lindsay uh, defense. Uh, It's Malaysia Booker's trial. And I just saw Malaysia's mom, Stephanie, last night at Transgender Day of Remembrance. I asked her 
I, first of all, I asked her how she was doing since the last time I saw her, and the last time I saw her was oh within weeks of the murder. And yes, she said, the "Well, Lyles guy, he's in Collin County right now, uh, and what they're trying him on is a drug case and a murder in Collin County. Uh, they may never do a trial specific to Malaysia Booker." Mm-hmm. He may found, be found guilty on that, be sent to TDC for a very long time or forever uh, with any luck. Uh, and there would never be those a- three murders, two of the murders that happened in Collin County, and it was right on the Dallas border, yeah. but it's it was in Collin County. They were in the same parking lot, but kind of around the corner from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were drug related. Yeah. Uh, Malaysia's as far as we know, was not drug-related at all uh, and just completely unrelated to that. But uh, Malaysia's happened first. Um, with Chanel, what was so horrifying about, about it, even in a way more horrifying than the murder itself, was the way he disposed of the body. She was so dehumanized as far as he was concerned that he just took her with the belt still around her neck and just threw the body into White Rock Lake. Yeah. Um, Malaysia's, the body was found in the middle of the street. Now, there were kind of woods. There was a golf course on one side of the street and woods on the other side of the street. And if you were trying to hide the body, hide what you had done, you would have taken two minutes to park your car, get out, throw the body into the woods, and it would have been hidden for a while just left it in the middle of the street like like it didn't matter. Like I said, you don't kill things that you respect or cherish or care about. And you don't dispose of them yeah. in such a cavalier manner. I'm not saying that putting her body into the woods would have been better. I, I guess I'm just... To me, to me, that's not the aspect that's so horrible. Oh, the murder <laughs> the, is horrible. The... The, the murder, uh, the, the callousness of the murders is, is profoundly just, just devastating. Yeah, I think. But yeah. this is, a, this is symptom, symbol, symbolic of how callous the murder was, that he'd just take her, throw her out of the car, middle, dump her in the middle of the street, let some other cars that uh, couldn't see her because it was uh, before dawn that he dumped the body, uh, let other cars hit the body. What difference does it make? I mean, it was just complete inhuman callousness. Well, that's, in a nutshell, why I don't usually attend Transgender Day of Remembrance. Because uh, I care so deeply, and I, I feel, um, and I spend a lot of time fighting for the ones that are still alive to try mm-hmm. and make things better. But listening to over and over and over, you know, shot, set on fire, strangled, pushed off a balcony or whatever it was, of the horrible way that these girls died. For what? Yeah. For what? Yeah. Yeah, in the remembrance that we did, um, we did not do that. We just read the name, let the person be human, and lit a candle for each one. So... Yeah, and it, it's not just an issue that's happening in the United States. It's happening around the world. The number, uh, I believe, is three hundred seventy-five known cases yeah, globally. Yeah, it just goes up every year. Brazil uh, tends to lead the pack. Uh, Honduras and Mexico are right there, and I think U.S. is either third or fourth. But 
when you look at those countries, when they were talking about the horrible caravan that was going to ruin life as we know it in the United States, it was coming from Brazil and Honduras through Mexico to our border. And they're saying, if you send me back to Honduras, I'm going to get murdered. And for trans people, they are going to get murdered if you send them back to Honduras Mm -hmm. or Uh to Brazil. Because it's a Mm free-for-all, I guess the best way to put it, because they're far and away with the most murders. And they seem to get uh, get away with it. Yeah. You know, um, no investigation, no um, no pursuit of the we murderers. Mean, uh, Bolsonaro is not uh, <coughs> coming out and saying this needs to stop. He's not showing up at the TDORs and lighting candles. Right. Yeah. Sure. Now, it's apparently he has some good opposition uh, in his next election. But so. the election is it takes place. <laughs> if the election takes yeah. place, that's true. Um, we have some book banning going on here in the Metroplex and around Texas. Oh, yay. Care to comment on it, Leslie? Because I know when Leslie and I talked uh, on the phone earlier this week about her coming on the show, she said, you know, I'm usually too shy to talk about those issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, banning a book to me is like banning an idea. And are we going to ban ideas? You know, we're we're Again, the state is so odd. Uh, I came from California, so I'm, I don't know. It's just a little bit different there. But um, saying that you know kids can't be exposed to this information, guess what? I mean, they, they have these. They have cell phones. They could be exposed to whatever they want to. Uh, I just don't think it's... The, the education system's job to brainwash kids to believe a certain way or to say, we're not going to teach them sex education because we don't want them learning about that kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay, so they need to figure out uh, about STDs by going to their doctor with a raging case of gonorrhea. Is that how they learn about STDs uh, or safe sex or you know condom usage because they're not promoting any of those things. And I guess there was a teacher in South Lake Carroll that was reprimanded for allowing a kid to read an anti-racist book. Right. So by default, that says, are pro-racist books okay? Or do you want not want your kids to be exposed to anti-racism? Well, in, in South Lake, world? In South Lake Carroll ISD, uh, one teacher was commenting on a book on the Holocaust and just saying that, well, we should have the opposing view also. There's an opposing view? Right. And so what is this opposing view? Is it pro-genocide? Is no, I it, think it's Mein Kampf. I think that's, is that the... Which would be the book that yeah. I can think of that has a pro or an anti-Holocaust point of view. And it, it, to me, it's the, whole, it's the whole thing. It's like, if, if there's a book that, that seems to support and, um, and further the idea of racism, to have a book that is anti-racist or um, pro- proposes ways to end racism, why is I, – I don't, I don't understand any of this. It's, why isn't it's a like, whole class being taught on that? I mean, I would just convert social studies into here's the discussion for this semester of racism in America. Let's talk about it. Let's flesh it out. Let's right. examine what's causing it. Now, let's look at let's look at some truth and yeah. some whole history. You know, we're talking about gay and trans issues, 
And there are, most schools have a gay teacher in them. Very often that teacher is closeted, so you don't know that person is uh, LGBT. That's changing. It's changing. No, but in many cases, uh, not so much here in Dallas, but in some of the surrounding uh, school districts. There was an incident recently in Irving, and one of those teachers who was marched out was gay and the other, or lesbian, and the other teacher who was marched out was not out about it. Um, but we're talking about racism now. In every school, I would think, there are black teachers, Hispanic teachers. There's a variety of teachers. Is really teaching anti-racism that difficult, an idea to wrap our little minds around? It really should be the foundation of one of the, the founding planks uh, for society in America should be anti-racism not whitewashing it or ignoring it mm-hmm. or pretending that there's not a problem. Well, and that's what I that's one of the kind of fundamental things I think we as an as a nation um but specifically for white people and white christian people and white christian heterosexual people and white christian cisgender heterosexual people um is is this those miss miss the point. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Uh, miss the point of it. Um, I'm white. My um, I have uh, my history is white American history. You know the history of white America. But you know what? My history is also the history of Black America. My history is also the history of LGBTQ America. My history is also the history of Hispanic America. My history is also the history of Native American. Um, America. Mm-hmm. The, we. This is my history. It's like, oh, well, they have Black History Month, so that's for those people. You know what? It's my history, too. Why would I not be jumping in and learning as much as I can about History Month that we we give focus to because we're human beings and we, we have a huge, um, well, small, small attention span, but we do these different months so that we can give common focus together and have conversation and talk. You know, like the, all of it's our history. Did you grow up here? No. Oh, okay. Do you? No, I no. grew up in New York. Okay. I grew up in California. I didn't learn about the Tulsa massacre. I didn't either. I, till I came to Texas. I didn't learn about it until I was way an adult. Yeah. You know, I came not to, Yeah, I came to Dallas in 2011. And it's like, there was what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know? Why wasn't I taught about this? Here's how I learned horrific. about it. I used to be a uh, sales rep. It was one of my first jobs 40 years ago uh, back here in Dallas. <laughs> and Oklahoma was part of my territory. And one of the stores I visited, he said, let's go for some barbecue. So we did. And it was on the street where the massacre took place. And he told me the history of it. Not proudly telling me the history of it, and I said I had no idea. Yeah. And he said most people don't. That's why I wanted you to come here. It's a, yeah. it's an yeah, interesting it's, place. It's the best kept wow. embarrassment in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of them we do know about, but I can't believe that that wasn't taught. And it's still not being school. taught. It's still not being taught. Yeah, still not. No. Y- you know, That's and it's one of those. Up. It's one of those things. Treat it like history. Treat it like we don't do this kind of thing anymore. At least I hope we don't. 
and history just just learn the history it's not embarrassing learn it's from not, it yeah they learn from it don't repeat it i mean it is embarrassing but it's it's history just learn it well and a, and a crazy thing that that um that happened right here in dallas is finally at long last commemorated yesterday downtown dallas um, and that was the lynching of uh, Alan Brooks mm-hmm. in 1910 at the corner of Ackerd and Main in downtown Dallas. And Ackerd and Main still exists today. Yeah. Um, but it's never been acknowledged and uh, for, for the murder that it was. And what's sickening, but was de rigueur all through the South at the time and and well after, was there was a public lynching and thousands of white people showed up to cheer it on and then they made a souvenir postcard from a photograph of his body hanging and sold that and people bought them and there are people who live today in this city probably holding some sort of power um, as, as a long standing family in Dallas whose parents or ancestors were there cheered them on and had the postcard it's you know what I mean. Like why would we, why would we not all learn about that? And why and, and acknowledging it yesterday? It's not some blind thing that happened and other people showed up. But These are real people with real families and real descendants. But <laughs> learning about it yesterday is not something. It's not something to be proud of, but it's something to learn from. Yes, that we don't do that kind of thing anymore. It's disgusting. Here's what happened. And let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Without pointing fingers and there doesn't need to be blame. It's history. Yeah. Yeah, here's what led up to it. Here's how we could have stopped it. Here's how we want to keep it from happening again. But, yeah. I mean, that's how that should be treated. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink. And our guest is Leslie McMurray. We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. I'm Joey Santos, and I listen to KNON-FM 89.3, Lambda Weekly. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, and our guest is Leslie McMurray. Uh, We're just talking, yesterday was Transgender Day of Remembrance. We were talking about some issues related to it. Um, Slippery Rock University, we were going to do that after the break. It's yes. really nothing. It's just, I I don't know where they got my number, but they reached out a few years ago. Uh, there was a professor there who asked if I would talk to their class. I said sure, and so they said, "Can you come back again?" And I said, "Sure." And so then yesterday or Friday, I guess, was the third time. And then as soon as I got done with that, they asked if I would come back next semester. I said, "Sure." So it's just it's interesting because they're in Pennsylvania and we do it virtually, and it just seems really weird that there isn't someone in Pennsylvania that can come into their class and talk to them. But there aren't transgender people in Pennsylvania. Oh, no. <laughs> they legislate them out, or we just choose not to live there. Yes. Um, it's craziness. We're not a monolith. I mean, we were talking a little bit about um, South Lake. And what's going on there? Southlake, do you mean the six-part uh, podcast documentary done by NBC to investigate racism in the Southlake Carroll School District or some other Southlake? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a very interesting podcast. If you want to look it up, it's called Southlake. And what is the story behind it? Uh, the story is a child who was bullied um, went to... 
talked to the principal, and the principal uh, essentially offered to move the student who was being bullied, not move the bully, and essentially was an apologist for the bully. I mean, the audio's on there. I would just say go and listen to it. Isn't that against our bullying law? We do have a bullying law. Yeah, and there is a Title IX coordinator, I would think, for South Lake Carroll that would be involved in this. And it's gotten to the point where it's bad enough. They just uh, announced an investigation from the uh, Department of Education and the Office of Civil Rights. Uh, They're doing a formal investigation into South Lake, which doesn't have that great a reputation. They do when it comes to athletics, not so much when it comes to race issues. Hmm. And it seems to be quite the hotbed of, of racist, white privilege, white privilege, and expressed racism. Yeah. Um, you know, there are quite a number of parents who've pulled their children out of those schools because they're because of racist comments coming from their peers in mm-hmm. the school. And if I were a parent, I would be more upset with my child than defending my child. Yeah, I, I don't understand that whole premise. If you ever really, if, if you have kids, or maybe you just want to know, I mean, don't take it from me. There is an organization called GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N, uh, and they publish something called a school climate survey every two years. And you can break it down by state, you can look at it nationally, uh, and I think it may be broken down in other you know, smaller bits and pieces. But have a look and see about how LGBTQ kids feel. Do they feel safe in school? No, they don't. Uh, are they hearing uh, anti-LGBT things? Yes, they are. Uh, at a rate like in the 80s and 90s percent of LGBTQ kids hear that. Like it would be really hard to thread the needle through the day without hearing something. Yeah, exactly. And the sad thing is, in many of those cases, it's from educators, not just fellow students. Uh, I got a call from a child at a parochial school. I have no idea how they got my number. But uh, there's like this trans funnel uh, in the DFW area, and it seems to end up with my phone on it. So I don't know where they got my number. But it was a terrified 14-year-old girl. She was calling from the school bathroom because she didn't feel safe anywhere else. She waited for people to vacate the bathroom. She said she has a 15-year-old friend at the school. It's a uh, Catholic school uh, who is being bullied mercilessly. They're transgender. Uh, their parents are unsupportive, and they've been harming themselves, threatening suicide, uh, and threatening to run away. Wow. And I can't talk to the person. I'm just talking to this girl that I don't even know. I've met five seconds ago, but it's like, thank you for being a good friend. She was absolutely, well, until I said one thing, she was okay. But um, I said that that kid needs to get help, and the parents need to understand that being affirming and loving their kid, no matter what, whether you agree, disagree, or whatever, uh, affirming care is going to keep that kid more than anything else from harming themselves. Because time and again, you hear that if my parents will just love and approve of me, I can face anything. They can deal with the bullying at school. They don't like it. It's not the best thing in the world. But they can deal with it. But this kid, if you think about their life, they are under their parents' roof. They're not paying their own rent. They're 15 years old, so they can't go out on their own and you know manage their lives. They're captive. And so they aren't affirmed at home. They're bullied at home. They're bullied at school. So where do they go? What do they do? Their whole life feels to them, I'm sure, like it's all caving in. 
And so I just said to this girl, because she was telling me that she doesn't feel like CPS will even get involved, like they'll even care, because she came from an abusive environment and CPS let her down. And that makes me sad, because CPS needs to be a little bit more... uh, of a resource that kids can call or at least that they can look out for these kids. Uh, But I told her, I said, I just wish I could just give you a hug. And she just burst into tears. I mean, this kid was like right on the edge. Uh, And soon after, a kid came in and said the teacher was looking for her because she'd been out in the bathroom too long. So I don't know what happened. I don't know whether this kid ran away. I just said, tell them, please don't. I know as tempting as it might be, you know, running off to Florida with somebody when you don't you know, you can't transition from the road. You can't transition in somebody's couch. Uh, you need something firm underneath you. And I understand if your parents aren't that right now, but, you know, you have to take a longer-term look at it. Um, but that's the kind of things that trans kids are experiencing. And it's it's not that she, you know, can't play on the soccer team. That wasn't her complaint. Mm-hmm. She has no safe space. No. No and safe the, space and the state of anywhere Texas in the world. And no friend in doing that. Mm-hmm. And they support... I mean, because we can't get involved in parochial schools. They're private. And they hide behind that shroud of religious belief is that we can do horrible things to people or deny them care or anything else under the name of Jesus Christ. And it's like, shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah. it's You know, I was talking to one kid at a GSA meeting one time, and she said people point their finger at her and say, you're going to hell. And uh, she said it happens in church because that's what a good religious person says to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I said to her, that's not what religion is about. But while you're living in your parents' home, you're going to have to continue going to the church. Just count down the number of times till you're 18 and you don't have to go to their church anymore. Yeah. Uh, Because you'll find another place to go that will, where they'll love you and affirm you and... And you'll be safe. I said, and she was a big, tough uh, kid. And she said, you know, I said, when they point their finger at you and say, you're going to hell. I said, how about pointing your finger back and saying, how dare you judge me? Yeah, exactly. And she liked that. Whether or not she ever did it, who knows? Yeah. But it empowered her a little bit. I think there's something in the book about that, too. You know, you can kind of actually back that up from verses in the old Bible Says, well, that's uh, where I was taking not. it from, right? Yeah. That, that's where I was taking it from. It wasn't. I wasn't claiming. That's what I mean. No, no, no. I, I understand where you got it, and where you're coming from. But I think uh, often when they use their book to bop you over the head, I just take it and bop them back over the head. Mm-hmm. It's you know, don't use those verses on me because there's plenty that contradict what you're saying. Right. And the thing is, and that might be applicable in parochial schools, but in public schools. Um, we see more and more there there I mean we had a national figure who's been disgraced for most of in front of most of the world Michael Flynn huh. um, who's called for a theocracy mm-hmm. that the United States ought to be a theocracy under one religion under one religion which, which religion, implies that you know which religion was that going to be he didn't specify he didn't he didn't but um, which implies that there would be uh, harmful consequences for people who did not comply with you know, with this one religion, like if you were a completely different religion or had no religion whatsoever, um, that you could be in harm's way mm-hmm. Gosh, uh, from the state. He's found a very interesting way to violate both the free exercise clause <laughs> and the uh, establishment clause. He's been able to violate both of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So it's a, it's a, I think it's a whole, all of these things add up to a whole march toward authoritarianism. And oh, we're well on the way. Oh, we are absolutely well is. on the way. There, I was telling Patty before, uh, when I think it was when uh, the theme song was going, that there is an interesting quote from one of the Star Wars fil- films, and Katie can tell you for sure, but I think it's uh, Empire Strikes Back, where Queen Amidala was noting the dissolution of the Senate and Count Dooku was going to take over as this imperial leader. And the Senate was all cheering. Uh, and he had this rationale, just like Donald Trump did, for, you know, only I can solve it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she turns and says, so this is how liberty dies, to thunderous applause. Hmm. And yep. that's how it'll happen. It's not going to happen in a bloody war. It's going to happen before you know it. It's, it's kind of like the guy in the 30s saying, Chancellor? Nah, <laughs> I'm king. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's and they, yay! it's happening all over in, in Texas. We've seen it go forward in, in myriad ways. In Wisconsin, the GOP is saying we're in charge of all the elections yeah. going forward. Literally, yeah. So they're just going to yeah, your vote's authority. meaningless. Yeah, yeah, under their authority. Um, so it's just a it, this is this is a dire turning point for our country. And it's just leaning uh, an awful way if you're not white, Christian, cisgender. And I want to go back to something George Washington once said. He visited the first synagogue in the United States, which was in Rhode Island. And he said to the congregation, you will always be welcome and have a home in the United States. Wow. So... Well, see, even that, it's, it's just so crazy. They, the, the right-wing conservatives are all about pro-Israel, 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 and yet they write cheering on the unite the right crap where they're marching, Jews shall not replace us, Jews will not replace us. And it's like, well, which one are you? You condone all of it? All of this is you? Well, no, they're pro-Israel, anti-Jewish. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, Patty, what you're doing is... You want it to make sense, and racism simply doesn't make sense. Just the concept that we should judge Laurent differently because of the color of his skin and not on how well we all like each other and get along and can banter together. You're, go, you're trying to make sense of racism, and racism makes no sense. No. But, but you know, here's, a, here's a, a, a group of of people who have joined together under the same political ideology and they go the spectrum from, you know, an allegedly Christian pastor all the way to neo-Nazi Ku Klux Klan racist who would kill people based on they don't like them. You know, their their skin or their religion or, or whatever. And they're all together under the same cause. And that, that they don't deny each other, ever. Like, well, I don't, I don't agree with those Christian pastors, and I don't agree with those, those neo-Nazis. That no one ever disavows anybody. Yeah. It's all one big blob of crazy, and it's not tethered in reality. Well, it's, it's coming to a head. Have you seen all the high school student walkouts because of... A whole litany of issues. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to see more student uprising, kind of like we did in the 60s. I don't know if you saw what happened in San Francisco last night, Walnut Creek, which is just Mm -hmm. south of San Francisco. 80 people and 25 cars burst into a Nordstrom there and pepper sprayed employees, beat them, 
looted the place, got back in their cars, and drove off. Hmm. For what purpose? Free stuff. What, the segments of our society are going feral, I think. This whole vigilante well, I think idea that you can do anything thing, you want. But I think it's also when they you turn on the news and they say Elon Musk could end up being the first trillionaire. Okay, who needs a trillion dollars in this economy? I know housing is expensive, but a trillion dollars, really? And so there's probably people that are feeling like they're getting left out. And there's a way they can maybe not. I'm not condoning looting a Nordstrom, but uh, if we don't listen to people, things like that are going to happen only worse. They said car burglaries, smash and grabs are up 1,000% in the Bay Area. Wow. Going back to a trillionaire, what could that fund? The entire infrastructure rebuilding of this country. And probably a school lunch program. (laughs) But you'd only want to do that if you were pro-life. Right, yeah. because those people need to pull up by their bootstraps and do it themselves. Sure, yeah. like I did. Yeah, when you know my mom was a single mom and grew, and was on welfare and raised all us. They don't yeah. tell those stories. Yeah, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to end with this. We were talking about um, classes and whether whether or not kids feel safe right now. Patty, did you feel safe in school? Um. I, I I did. Um, I was very closeted when I was in junior high and high school. Um, I had not come to terms with my own sexuality myself. But I but I were you ever bullied? Um, not for not for that probably. Okay, I think most of it was probably what about you, dirty. Yeah, my school was kind of exciting. Uh, but yeah, I was bullied pretty good. Uh, I remember one day walking home, and there was a guy because. The school is maybe a half a mile from my house, uh, and there was a guy that's on the corner. It's kind of a busy street, but the, the it leads into my neighborhood. Uh, he was out on the corner shooting a .30-06 at the gas station I just walked past. Uh, and one of them hit right in the men's room, uh, one of the rounds there. So I, <laughs> my reaction, I just took my uh, the long way around the uh, grocery store and went in through the back way, and I could see the back of him. Uh, shooting this rifle. Wow. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, so, yeah, I was bullied in school, and there was some stuff. That, I mean, I just think it's weird that I, something like that didn't necessarily traumatize me. It wasn't normal, mm-hmm. but it wasn't completely unexpected. And I wasn't, and it was because of one teacher who looked out after all the gay kids in the class. Oh. Not in the class, in, the, in our high school. Our drama teacher. Oh, I have still... <laughs> Uh, the after effects of a broken jaw where I was assaulted by five hmm. guys that uh, thought I was gay and assaulted me outside of a gas station. A friend of mine and I, there was five on two, and they just kicked the holy crap out of us. Wow. Yeah, I got kicked in the face and broke my jaw. We're out of time. The next show is just about to walk in. I saw their cars pull into the parking lot. When they get here, we'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're going out with some music from Lisa Messiah. And uh, next week, our guest is from Elevate, Elevate Texas, Elevate, which is a, a, a new program for homeless uh, LGBT youth. So if I don't see you, happy Hanukkah. Thank you, and happy yes. Thanksgiving to all of you. <laughs>